Have no fear of missing out. The show's about FOMO. Your host is Brian Franzo. I'll tell you what you don't know. And now, your host, iSocial Fans. What's up, everybody? This is Brian Fanzo, listening back to another episode of FOMO Fans. This one's a little different. I'm going to actually let you guys listen to the 30-minute keynote presentation that I gave at Social Media Marketing World. I kind of teed this up in the last episode. Uh, The title of the presentation was The Facebook Apocalypse. But really, I focused on what needs to change for our business strategy in this new digital world that's focusing on meaningful interactions. Now, the presentation used a lot of GIFs, but I listened back to the presentation via audio only, and I still think it has a lot of value, so hopefully you guys will enjoy this. Uh, it is about 30 minutes long, uh, but I, I hope that not only do I inspire you to think a little bit differently when it comes to your social media strategy, but to think about Facebook differently and ultimately what Facebook is doing. And last but not least, I use the hashtag in Zuck we trust. If Zuckerberg and Facebook are doing something, I think we all must be paying attention. Thanks to Tim Washer from the Comedy Central channel who intros me, which you'll hear now. I actually spent the night or spent the afternoon with him in a bed, a Casper bed in the middle of South by Southwest three years ago. I know it needs context, but without further ado, here's this episode with my keynote presentation from Social Media Marketing World. Brian went at South by Southwest when we shared a mattress together uh, at, uh, at the Casper Mattress uh, Wagon, I think it's what it was called. We did an interview, we did live video interview from there, which is uh, the first and last interview I've ever done with someone on a mattress. Uh, that's why I'm in therapy back there, so come on back and meet with our therapist. Uh, but listen, this guy, he, he's one of the world's leading authorities in live video. And, and, and how to do that specifically on Facebook. He's one of the top podcasters in the globe. He speaks, he's a, I'm in a speakers group with him. He speaks around the world all the time. He's always on, the, on a plane uh, doing a live podcast from a plane. So we're going to have a, he's, he's full of energy. We'll have a fun time. So please give me a warm welcome to uh, Brother Brian Vanson. So as you guys might have heard, the Facebook apocalypse was part of Mike's theme today, just kicking it off. And I will say, Mike didn't do a good job of giving me his slides ahead of time, so I had to do a little bit of editing of my presentation uh, in between the sessions. But what I'm going to talk about today is really not only the Facebook apocalypse, but what does it mean for our social media strategy in 2018 and beyond. But when you think about the Facebook apocalypse, you know, I, for me, this is something that's like, wait a second, what's going on? Why, why, what is Mark Zuckerberg, what is the team at Facebook's doing? But what I have to think about it, and I think, you know, who am I going to call if the Facebook apocalypse comes? For me, it's pretty simple, right? And I think it makes sense because I would call the Ghostbusters. Because in this world we're living in right now, change is normal. We live in a world that every single day change is happening. Social Media Examiner asked me to submit these slides on February 14th. I think 37 things changed between February 14th and today. I'm also not a very good listener, and I submitted them today. <laughs> but beyond just the idea of what this means for us as strategy, we have to think about what the true root of this great Mark Zuckerberg 
And I use this hashtag all the time, and it's mainly because I think Snapchat's learned their lesson. Uh, I believe I learned my lesson on this little app called Meerkat. If you've never heard of it, that's where I learned my lesson. But I believe in Zuck we trust. And in this presentation, you're gonna hear throughout the two days here at this social media marketing world, lots of people talking about Facebook ads, Facebook Live, Facebook strategy, Because not only in Zuck we trust, I believe everything Facebook does impacts every other social network. We were mentioned about LinkedIn earlier on the stage. I am having an amazing time on LinkedIn. And when I tell people why, I'm like, well, it's now Facebook 20, 2009. If someone likes my content, everybody in my feed now sees my content on LinkedIn. And LinkedIn is, is, is great, doing great things. And the, the funny thing is they're just nine years behind Mr. Zuckerberg. But I love Facebook. I love LinkedIn. But what do we look at in the presentation? We might talk a lot about what happened in that press release, what the announcement was about. But what I look at is there's two things for me that stood out. The word engagement was no longer existent in any of the things that Facebook cares about. Let me repeat that. They no longer care about engagement. The phrase they use, which I think really underlines the principles here, is they are now seeking meaningful interaction. Meaningful interactions. So for all of us that kind of like loved vanity metrics, I don't think any of us did, we were worried about likes and shares and this term engagement, which like, you know, you see the influencer list, it's like most engaged lists, and not one of those lists is ever the exact same. Sometimes it's a like, sometimes it's a share, sometimes it's a comment, sometimes it's just because someone scrolled through you on Facebook. So the idea now is we're moving away from engagements to meaningful interactions. But before we get break down to that, I want to talk about the idea that really what Mark Zuckerberg did was he buzzed the out. He reminded us something that many of us in this room forgot. Social media, before we slapped the word marketing on it, was about meaningful interactions. It was about connecting the world, building a community. Now I firmly believe I'm a, I'm a dad of three daughters. I'm an eight-year-old, a six-year-old, and a four-year-old. Yes. Feel that for me. But my daughters, I believe my daughters are growing up in the greatest time in the world because you are no longer alone. It does not matter what race you are, what color you are, what your resume is, where you live, what you do for a living. You have the ability to connect with people around the world thanks to this beautiful medium that we all love called social media. And ultimately, when we're looking at what Zuck and what this idea now is, is that marketers have ruined social media. So what do we as marketers do to not only now participate in this medium that's going back? We have to start changing our direction. And we have to change our direction or we will quickly become Blockbuster. <laughs> Anybody been to a Blockbuster lately? Now just to clarify, I am 36 years old. I am a pager-wearing millennial. And yes, this is a pager. No, it does not work. And no, I'm not using it. But I am 36 years old, Major Murray Millennial, born in 1981, and when I think of Blockbuster, Blockbuster means something to me. And throughout this presentation, I'm gonna talk a lot of these slides, a lot of these presentations, we're gonna focus on this element of what does it mean for us on social media, because let's face it, one of the things that we've done over the last nine to 10 years is we've distanced ourselves from our consumer. We've used social, we've used web to go further and further away from our consumer. 
But the interesting thing about this was live video came out and disrupted everything. If you don't believe me, let's, let's rephrase this, the idea where who thought being authentic was going to work on social media? It's the idea where we, we put out there what we want people to look at us like. We, what, you know, it's Instagram filters, it's all. But now we're looking, all of a sudden live video is real people. I mean, how many people went live the first time on Periscope and didn't realize that the camera on the back was what it was going and you showed your shoes? <laughs> I watched a lot of shoe scopes, a lot of them. But live video isn't new. Reality TV took over in the 1990s. All of a sudden, I remember thinking about, wow, I can be on MTV. Now, I grew up wanting to be a sports center anchor, born and raised in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, died by a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I was like, I want to be a sports anchor. Well, then I realized I'd be good at journalism and my grammar sucks, and there's a couple other things you really need to do, so I'm interested in computer science. But one of the things I started to realize when reality TV came out was, wait a second, those people on TV are like me. And live, all of a sudden, is realizing that for us in our social media ecosystem. But there's a problem about live. The reason live is so powerful is because anyone can go live. The reason most live videos suck is because anyone can go live. We can see all kinds of things, and one of the things I always practice in preaching, you hear tragedies and things that happen on live video, and this is a statement I firmly believe, and I don't believe anyone can prove me wrong when it comes to innovation. There will be no technology that fixes stupid. <laughs> Unfortunately for us, we have to realize that all of a sudden if we're using live video, we're allowing people to see our real true selves. Some of us, our real true selves are kind of scary. We might not be good at telling a story or sharing or talking about who we are, but ultimately what live video has taught us, and the reason I believe Mark Zuckerberg has gone all in with live and even changed the strategy, is we realized that watching live video, those people look like us. They act like us. They talk fast like us. And live video has restructured what social media means and it's shrinking the distance. We've used social media for the last nine years to get further from our consumer and all of a sudden we realized nobody trusts our brand, nobody trusts our logo. We get spammed with email marketing if we want to download a PDF. And all of a sudden our world is turned upside down and live video is the catalyst. And if you don't believe me, this is stats from Facebook in the recent announcement. Live videos get six times more engagement than regular videos on Facebook. Six times more engagement. Now I have a, a pretty simple phrase, and I use it throughout, and it's just press the damn button. If that stat alone doesn't get you inspired to start using Facebook Live, you will quickly not only realize that your organic reach does not exist, but your use or value of Facebook is completely gone. But just like MTV and TRL, live video doesn't always mean that it's going to be great. And not only does it always mean it's going to be great, but you have to start having a strategy behind it. I believe 2017 was the year of really bad live videos for brands and businesses because they thought it was a checkbox. They treated it as if it was a single post on Facebook. We spent six weeks building an email campaign to reach out to all these people and do all this drip, drip campaign. We want to bring everybody into our environment. And then we go with live video, we're like, well, all you gotta do is press a button. So we're just gonna go live. What are you gonna talk about? We'll figure it out when we're on there. Like, who, who's gonna come and watch it? You know, like, well, we have like 1.9 million fans on Facebook. Well, they're all gonna watch it. 
How many of those 1.9 million fans engage with your content on a regular basis on your Facebook page? 11? 14? So when you go live on Facebook Live the very first time, you get 11 or 14 or one. My very first live stream ever. I was in Mobile World Congress in Barcelona. I went live after doing some work with Dell and I decided to click the button and I walked about two feet and this guy named Gary from Indiana was my very first and only viewer. And he said, hey Brian, is that, is that a mobile device from Samsung over there? Can you go show me that? For me, I had spent and did 20 hours of video with Dell and I never showed that device. The light bulb moment for me was that right then. Live video is about creating participatory content that allows your audience to help shape what you're talking about. It's a novel concept for the people that we want to reach to allow them to participate. Now the bad news is the live stream, I walked about two more feet, Wi-Fi dropped, and uh, the live stream died. And Gary from Indiana disactivated his account about a week later and I never got to reach out and tell him that he gets talked about on millions of stages all around the world. But what live video has done is it's created, all of a sudden everybody went and said, I want to be a part of live video. I want to, I want to throw my hat in the ring. And we've seen things from the elections to NASCAR to uh, SAP with a Life Pad series. Lots of brands kind of saying, hey, I want to bring people in to my world of live video. But live video is much more than one Facebook books. We have to start thinking of the global strategy as what does authenticity mean for us? I believe we are all in the business of trust. Unfortunately for many of us, we've treated social media, especially things like our Facebook page, as a schedule it, a 60-day content calendar, press it and forget it. Last time I checked, we do not trust any logo or any brand. We trust the people behind it. Now, some people might be like, wait, wait, I, I had a great live video. It was, it was amazing. It took off like gangbusters. And I say, why? And they're like, well, I'm not really sure. You know, just kind of like a viral video. It just happened. You know, because we all want to, you know, we have those clients that tell us to create viral videos as if it's like a, you know, just a, a checklist that we go through. Oh, okay. We thought all those other videos we were creating, we didn't know you wanted them to go viral. But ultimately with live videos, so many people now can't even figure out not only what made it successful, but what's the value in live video. I get to work with an analytics company called Del Mundo, and in transparency, I'm on, the, I'm on one of their boards, I'm a strategic advisor. And with Del Mundo, we run analytics and social videos across all channels. And my favorite stat in live video is simple. It's repeat viewership. We all have 24 hours in a day. If you were able to bring people back more than once in a month, or maybe more than once in a series of episodic content, all of a sudden you've captured their attention in a world that attention is extremely hard to gain. Now Facebook recently, in their statement, talked about they're gonna make sure that the time you spend on Facebook is well spent. And I'm guessing for lots of us in this room, you follow a lot of marketers on Facebook. Facebook is not much well in the sense of, it's not a great time for me. I get pitched a thousand and one courses, every single person talks about the list that they are on, and everyone is explaining to me where, what event they're doing so that I can have FOMO. But ultimately what Mark is saying in this, and this is something that I thought the reason the stock drastically tanked the day after the announcement was he said, I'm gonna help people spend less time on my platform on a platform that makes money through advertising and time spent on page and clicks. 
Well, why would Martin do that? Because when you think about this, we now have to rephrase our conversation and say, how can we make sure that what we're sharing with our audience is enjoyable for them? We are no longer working in a billboard world where we just flash something on the side of the screen or we talk at people. We have drastically changed. And for those that are talking at people, not talking with people, those that are using clickbait, no soup for you. Facebook has realized that us as marketers are really good at hacking the system. And for the last two years, they pretty much told us that like, organic reach is dying, or dead, or kind of dying, depending on like, where you hear it. And we want you to have conversations, we want you to post great content and do live video, but we didn't listen. We realized live video gave us more reach, so what did we do? We took a static image in a live video feed and thought, wow, we're making our lives meaningful for our audience. The idea of what Facebook is doing is they truly are trying to make social more enjoyable. But you have to ask yourself, what the hell is a meaningful interaction? Like, I was just wrapping my head around and getting people to comment on one com uh, you know, Facebook post. Now I need to inspire meaningful interactions. Meaningful interactions mean you have to actually listen and understand your consumer. You must talk with them, not at them. You must break down that barrier that says, we are the brand, you are the consumer, this is what we talk about, come to us. The days of broadcasting at are over. Social media is now more about social. Now for many of this room, I'm like, wait a second, I'm, I'm here for my business, I'm here to make money, all your, your just like fluffy you know, stuff that you're talking about, Brian, cool, meaningful interactions, but I wanna move the needle. I'm gonna break that down, but I think just like you know, the great Will Smith, if you don't follow Will Smith on Instagram right now, you are missing out. The greatest thing that's happened to Instagram, in my opinion, in two years, is Will Smith, whoever convinced him, is on there giving inspirational talks and sharing people's life. He's the most authentic celebrity I've ever seen on, on uh, Instagram. And what I believe he's really good at is being himself, allowing social media to be part of his life and share the social aspect. Now for many, you look at, this, you look at Facebook and you're like, okay, Brian, you're a millennial, you're talking about millennials, and all this stuff about meaningful interactions, but you know, my, my clients, I've been told for the longest time that like under the age of 35 or so, they're not even on Facebook, and Facebook is dying, and I read all these news articles, and, and I always ask people, when you read an article about Facebook or another platform, either good or bad, look at the origin of the story and the author. What is the author's goal when they write those stories? Oftentimes, it's written by someone that's an investor in LinkedIn, or someone that really cares about another platform over one. And so when you're looking at this, this to me stood out, and this is stats from Hootsuite and from We Are Social that came out and said, look at this, the biggest user group currently on Facebook are under the age of 34. It's a little different than we've heard in a lot of places. Now yes, we've heard the most recent stat where they've lost a couple million users for the first time in their history, but last time I checked, you, know, you can't keep that hockey stick going forever. And in a world that we live in today, we have more distractions than we've ever had before. And ultimately, these distractions, for some of us, make us want to go back to the future. But I will argue, millennial, Gen Z, Gen X, or baby boomer, none of us want to go back to the world that existed with disruption and advertising in our face, and for me, my parents had to reward me to get good grades in school because I was not very good student. And for my parents, it, I got to stay up till 9 p.m. on Wednesday nights as my reward. Now, for you that are under the age of like 30, 
Bear with me, I'll explain why I had to stay up to watch a show. The show that I got to watch was simply the beautiful, and, and always fun, we have the, the Doogie Howser, the, the, the world that we're living in, not only has it changed, but it's, this, is, this is the world where that's Doogie on the left, and then this is him now. Like, look at, don't you wish we all looked that way? But ultimately, times are not only are changing, and sometimes they stay the same. We as consumers don't want someone to tell us what to do. We don't want a million distractions, but at the same time, the reason Netflix gives us suggestions is because we're like, don't make me search the entire Netflix database. Like, that's overwhelming. And for many of us, this is the new world we're living in. So it doesn't matter how old you are, what your background is, the, 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 the world we're living in, and I would say the circle of life, is that we have to evolve, we have to change, we have to be open to the possibility that our 60-day content calendar will never make the 60-day mark and without anything changing. We have more change at a faster rate than we've ever seen before. Growing up, my dad had a VHS camcorder, and he held it over his shoulder, me and my brothers way to the top of the stairs for Christmas so that he could come down, and you know, we had to slow down, the camera never worked, and there's giant tapes, and you know, very, very you know, smart way of doing it. I don't think we ever even watched the videos. The, the VHS camcorder was around for 24 years as the number one source for capturing video. The Blu-ray DVD did not last the rate of change today is like nothing we've ever seen before. So when you're looking at this and you're starting to think about, okay, Brian, how do I inspire meaningful interactions? How do I shrink that distance? Well, there's a phrase, there's lots of people that have said this, and I know like John Ferrer's on the other front from a sales perspective, people buy from people they like. Likeability online is important. And when you're looking at social media, you're saying, well, now if I only can use ads to, to target people, what the hell is Facebook for? Well, the question becomes, just because you have an ad that is served up to me and I'm the right target demographic, if I don't like your brand, I still will not click on that link. Likeability is extremely important. And I'm gonna argue the second one here is the most important. And I'm gonna make a bold statement that I firmly believe relatability is the future of marketing. Not only do people buy from people they like, but we buy from people we can relate to. Does anyone here believe Matthew McConaughey drives Lincoln? <laughs> when he tells me how great his Lincoln is, a dad of three, figuring out that I have Cheerios underneath the back seat, I have all this stuff going on. Do I think Matthew McConaughey knows my struggles, my pain? And yes, he might park it in his driveway because he's mandated to do so, but he does not drive. But if I'm going to buy a new car, this room is going to go to somewhere that's new, where do we ask? We go to social media and ask our friends. Or for me, I go watch my friend Mia Voss's YouTube channel and she test drives cars every single week. And when she gives me advice, I listen because I can relate to her. She can relate to my problems. She understands who I am and what I'm about. Relatability is how we shrink the distance. Now the breaking news of that, it's really hard to outsource relatability. It's really hard to create a relatable conversation with a logo. And we must change the way that we're doing things. But I also believe social media still to this day can be very valuable for moving our business needle. So much so that when I work with a business or a client, and it usually starts like this, hey Brian, I want you to Snapchat because I want to reach these millennial people that you talk about. And I'm like, why Snapchat? They're like, well, because someone told me that's where those millennial people hang out, as if like, there's like a group of people that are running around only on Snapchat. 
But ultimately what they're saying is, Brian, I want you to help me leverage social media to connect with people where they are. And I do believe leveraging Facebook and social media today can help you move your business needle. And every strategy that you do as a brand must define success first. But what does success look like? Right now, what we have to start thinking about is in two forms. We have Facebook marketing and Facebook advertising. And some people that are also speaking at this event will, will make bold statements that Facebook is no longer good for marketing, it is only good for advertising. I believe great, great marketing that is built on that likability factor that embraces relatability allows for those ads to be created. You do not have to pick the red pill or the blue pill. We can work together and move the needle. But this is going to require collaboration from sometimes different departments and worlds that we maybe never would have collaborated with. I mean, Hulk Hogan and Macho. We have to start looking at collaboration and say, how can I work with influencers? How can I work with other brands to bring this message to the audience that I want to reach? If you want to grow your Facebook page today or your YouTube channel or your Twitter account, the number one way to do it without question is collaboration. Work with someone else that has a little bit different of an audience that you can share a message because what happens there? You bring each other's audiences together and ultimately now you're coming together to reach new environments. If you look at every successful YouTube star, Vine star that are here at this event, they all will tell you collaboration was their secret. We must look at ourselves in the Facebook realm and say, are we talking to the advertising team? Do we know what the advertisers' goals are on Facebook? Do we understand what they're doing? What, why are they using video? If we go live on our marketing team, do we give access to our advertising team to chop up a live video and use that as a Facebook ad? If you don't, you need to start doing that now. Because the times have changed. And I don't believe it is a data network versus a social network. I believe it's both. My good friend Dennis Hugh, who was gonna be talking about Facebook ads, he was made a bold statement at one of the events he spoke. He was like, Facebook is now solely valuable for your data. Now I challenge that notion because I believe the reason that data is powerful is because the people you are targeting are on the platform. If we all of a sudden forget to have these meaningful interactions and build a community, I don't care if you're targeting the exact right person, if they're no longer logging into Facebook because they're not enjoying it, that ad will not work. So you have to start asking yourself, how do I build this bridge? How do I bring things together? And I'm going to talk about this maybe one more time. We have to start putting the social back in social media. And ultimately, for many in this room, are like, yes, this is great. And then there's others that are like, wait a second. He's talking about millennials, and he's talking, going all these different directions. This data, to me, is extremely important. This is a very valuable stat here. What, three out of four millennials would choose to spend their money on an experience rather than buying something desirable. <coughs> what I ask you right now, when you're building out your Facebook marketing strategy, or your advertising strategy, are you marketing? towards the one-fourth or the three-fourths? Do you share experiences in your Facebook ad copy or products? If three-fourths of millennials under the age of 34, which make up over half of our buying community today, would rather purchase experiences than products, we need to start changing the direction. I got to watch the Cayman Islands uh, uh, Weston Cayman Islands, and they started doing their advertising via Facebook Live from their social media manager. And he's on Facebook Live where he walks around the park and there's cups behind him and, and dirty towels everywhere, but he gives people a point of view and brings them all of a sudden into an experience and it's no longer about what 
the hotel. It's no longer about the deal. It's now, do I want to be a part of that experience that that crazy guy's running around doing parasailing and so on? If we want to, we want to inspire our audience to celebrate like Michelle, we have to start focusing on experiences. And yes, I still believe, and I still understand that there's some people in here like, wait a second, stop talking about millennials, talk about all of us. Well, I believe it's all about the digital native. And I'd like to remove the idea of, let's stop targeting marketing towards millennial and Gen Z, and let's start targeting towards the digital native. Those that look at digital as great things for their lives, that look at digital change, digital collaboration, and digital community as an opportunity to do amazing things. Now, there's some great things that are going on, and I believe that we are all in sync when it comes to what this digital world looks like. But at the same time, we have to realize that you know, there's some people like me that I used to have to go home at that 9 a.m. or 9 p.m. Uh, you know, my reward for my parents at 9 p.m. was simply so I could stay up and watch 90210. I loved use of 90210. In that world that we lived in when I was growing up, the fact that the TV channel decided when I should watch my TV was the only option we had. Today's consumer, when I talk about that with entrepreneurs that are under the age of 20, the first question I get is, why did you have to go home? Why did you have to wait till nine o'clock? And why did you not watch it on your phone? <laughs> then I explain the phone didn't exist and <laughs> Ultimately, the old world of advertising and marketing and disrupting has been broken for a while, and we've been looking at it. TV is being disrupted by live video. We're not even seeing full commercials now in the Olympics. They do picture in picture because we as consumers want things where we want it, when we want it, and how we want it. The question I ask you, are you delivering your content on all of your channels and allowing your audience to choose that, to make that decision? Because this is something that a lot of people don't factor in. 95% of Facebook users access Facebook via their mobile device. 95%. When I'm doing a Facebook Live with a brand, I ask them, where do we think our community is watching the live stream? And sometimes they'll say, okay, well maybe they're in a commute, maybe they're in rush hour, maybe they're on the subway. Because nobody walks down the street watching Facebook Live like this. They walk like this. So when you're thinking about content you create, especially in the Facebook world today, you have to put yourself in the shoes of your fans and say, how are they consuming it? What is their current experience? What does that mean for them? Are you creating content in a mobile now environment or just mobile first? We have to start thinking and saying, how does this look on a mobile device? And then backwards into how does it look on the browser? Because times have changed. And if you are not doing that and your ad is all over the screen or your content does not fit in that bubble for that consumer, you do look clueless. And that's a promise. But the last part of here where it really matters probably more than anything else is that the field of dreams marketing is over. If you build it, nobody is coming. Nobody. Brian, I have a Facebook page with a million likes. When's the, how much the most amount of likes you've got in the last 15 to you know, 30 days? Ah, 14. So your Facebook page really has 14 likes. Today's consumer want things where they want it, how they want it, and in the form they want it. 
I'm a huge fan of podcasting, and the funniest part about podcasting is it's been around forever, but now we as consumers are so distracted and so overwhelmed, and we have so many things going on, we almost look at podcasting as an escape from our screen, our device. If your business hasn't started thinking about how do I create audio content, I would start thinking about that now. The idea that we're so busy and so distracted, there are parts of the people's days when they're on a treadmill or they're in their car where they don't have a screen, but are we giving them an option to consume our content? Now you might be thinking, okay, what is this? What are you talking about? Where are we going here? A couple of things we talked about on the stage before. We have Facebook Messenger, we have Facebook Groups. I'm a big fan of Facebook Groups. I think a lot of people are here. We, of course, have Instagram. One of the things you have to remember is that Facebook owns Instagram. And some of the experience that they're trying to kind of live in that Facebook world is Instagram. How many people are like me? I like to see a show of hands. Is Instagram your favorite platform currently for consuming content? Well over half of the room. Instagram is enjoyable. Why? Well, it's a little harder for us marketers to ruin it. We get one link. Our ads fit right in our in form factor. They don't disrupt, they don't interrupt our lives. Instagram is that meaningful interactions. Some of the greatest conversations I've had with my community are an Instagram DM. Two years ago, I didn't know where the Instagram DM button was. The times are changing, and not only are they changing, they're changing in the Facebook world as well. Facebook Creator is allowing us to customize, personalize, and add different features to our content that we create from our mobile device only. If you want a lower third, and you want a transition slide, and you want to use some of those things using just your mobile phone going live on Facebook Live, you can set that up in Creator and press one button on your phone to go live. Now some people are like, well, Brian, I'm not sure if I want to do that, I'm not sure what that means. You know, this is WhatsApp, WhatsApp chat makes a lot. But when you're looking at things, the times are changing, but we have to remember, if Facebook now is, is making things more enjoyable, and they're maybe getting a little less ad revenue because people aren't on the platform as long, well, where's Facebook gonna make up their money? We are quickly gonna see that if you want all of your content to be seen in your Facebook group, you're gonna have to put money behind. If your Facebook Messenger ad wants to go to someone that's not a Facebook, not like your Facebook page, you're gonna have to put money behind. In Zuck we trust, but Zuck is no dummy. We're gonna have to realize that sometimes we're gonna have to put money behind social media. The days of organic reach are over. Now you might be asking, Facebook page, what's the value? I, I, I spent all this time on my Facebook page, where, where do I make this happen? One of the things I've been working with clients and I've seen work really well is we're now building campaigns around a single Facebook post on our page. We post it organically, but we have an email campaign that allows our email audience to realize we are looking for your conversations on our Facebook page. We go live on Periscope that pushes out to Twitter that reaches an entire audience and says, here's the link to our Facebook page. We would love to hear your comments and, and, and questions that are going on. To get that reach, we have to go where our audience is, especially if we haven't been talking with our audience this entire time. The idea that just because organic reach is no longer giving us the, the in-news feed content does not mean that organically posting cannot have value. We now have to use these limitations and be creative. I believe limitations inspire creativity. And we have to start thinking of that way. But social media can also go much further than, and beyond marketing. I don't know if we are Cisco's in the crowd. I, I'm sure she's somewhere somewhere. Uh, Carmen's here somewhere. We are Cisco, in my opinion, is one of the best social media accounts that exist. And what they are focused on is 
allowing people to understand the culture of Cisco, an enterprise technology company, and for all those who work in enterprise technology company, we live in a boring world. But Cisco allows people inside, and the goal of the We Are Cisco channel is not for marketing, but to get people to apply for jobs. When we're looking at Facebook, one of the things that I was laughing about was everyone was talking about, oh my goodness, my marketing is dead on Facebook. I'm never going to use it again. Last time I checked, we can use social media for much more than just marketing. I'll go on. To make this work, to, to embrace live video, to take this to the next step, we have to embrace two simple principles. They're on the screen. Perfection is a fairy tale. Does anybody here work for a brand that they believe is perfect? Does anybody know of a leader or someone in your life that is perfect? Yet we as content creators, we as brands, we try to create the perfect content, the perfect information. We will not press the button until it's perfect. Perfection gets in the way of us having those authentic conversations. And the second one there is control is an illusion. You cannot control what people say, what people do, where your content goes. But you can deliver value. You can focus on working together. You can allow them into your content. There's a very novel concept that says, why don't ask your email list, what kind of content would you like me to see on my Facebook page? The funny part is, when this announcement came, everyone said, we well, know what you gotta do, you have to go tell every one of your people to click on the little button, and where it says see first, click on see first. Because all of us are like, you know, we want a brand to tell us that we want to see their content first when we're logging into Facebook. But us as marketers, that's what we said. But why, rather than us telling our, our community on Facebook that they have to see our content first, why not give them value and ask them what they want? Because I can almost promise you, if you ask them what they want and you simply deliver that, they'll come to you without needing to tell them to go see first. There's a novel concept, it's called search, and we all use it. Now, last but not least of this whole idea is that right now with this change, the scariest part of the change is not for us as marketers. It's for the consumer. The consumer right now at this moment is confused. When you, when you go live on Instagram or you go live on one of the channels that are out there, for the longest time when I go live on Facebook, the only question I would get was, is this live? Because we didn't go to Facebook for live content. And all of a sudden it was Instagram, and I was like, is this an Instagram story? Like, why are people commenting? Like, what's going on? We must train and be the teachers for our customers and our community. We must help them embrace this change. Yes, the see first idea might work until you post twice in one day, and they see two of your posts on that day, and then they unfollow your page. When people tell me the risk versus reward, they always say, well, Brian, they'll just you know, mute that, that post, or they just won't click on it. No, worse, they'll tune you out. You'll no longer have a chance for their attention. So as we move forward, there's a couple key things here that we have to embrace. Consistency, consistency, consistency. If you want to be great on Facebook Live, just because it's live does not mean it has to be sporadic. I go live every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on my Facebook page and live stream my, my podcast. For my community, I tell them, you don't have to follow me anywhere else. You don't have to listen to a word I say, and I create a lot of content. Just know that on your calendar, you can engage with me. You can have a conversation with me Mondays at 4 p.m. Consistency is the easiest way to stand out in this busy world, yet most of us overlook it. 
So we must focus, we must move forward, we must think like Daniel said. We have to embrace a new consumer and teach them where things are going. And for many of us in this room, it might feel like the sky is falling. It might feel like this is, a, this is something that scares the hell out of me because I just had a social media person that was scheduling a bunch of stuff and we were hoping and praying that you know, we threw it against the wall and it would stick and then I'd ask them how much engagement they got and they'd tell me the engagement and I'd ask them what the business value is. What's that? The sky is not falling. We just must work together. We must change our point of view and we must be willing to jump out of the plane. We must be willing to press the Facebook Live button. We must be willing to talk with our community, not just at them. I thought this is great news for social media managers, because social media managers, are, their job goes from worrying about posting five days a week to posting a great piece of content and having a conversation with their community. We are bringing social media back to the world that it was meant for. And it might sound fluffy, it might sound as though Mr. Rogers is delivering this. But ultimately, we're bringing the social back to social media, allowing our customers to help us decide what they want. So ultimately, they buy from us. We must focus on doing the business where our community is today, but listen to where they're going tomorrow. WhatsApp, chatbox, AI, AR, VR, that is all moving in new directions. But do not get overwhelmed by that. And I host a podcast called FOMO Fans, so I am all about some FOMO. You must embrace that. And ultimately, I will end this in the sense of saying that I do believe we live in the greatest times and we are the king of the world. We have the ability to connect with people that might not like us, might not trust us, might not have ever heard of us. But if we provide value, if we show that we care about them, before we want them to care about us, the power of social media will connect us with people that not only will be our customers, but we will turn those customers into advocates, those advocates into fans, fans into evangelists, and ultimately social media ends up being the greatest marketing we've ever needed to do, and it's simply going back to the basics and remembering where it came from. My name is Brian Fanzo, thank you guys very much. conversation but testing things out you know if you're posting on Monday at 4 p.m. and it didn't work next Monday post Monday at noon no one has that magic bullet no one's community is exactly like yours but focus on less content but testing different types of content to see what inspires those meaningful interactions my pleasure next question
So nobody will ever say that you post too much value. They will say you post too much, you know, canned pictures. They'll say you post too much video that doesn't connect with them. So what you have to start thinking about is what does it matter for your fans? Think about your audience's perspective first. And so I would actually say, you know, kind of mix it up, not only mix it up, but test out live video for different perspectives and different times, you know, even allowing people to come in. There's really no set amount from a Facebook post perspective. It's more of testing out what works and then kind of running with it. Especially in this world right now, nobody at this event should be able to tell us what works with this new algorithm because we're all learning and changing every day. Yeah, my pleasure. Hi. Hi. Um, I'm from an agency side, um, working with different clients. You know, we sort of train them, like, okay, look at our digital reports, look at the analytics, let's talk to them how much engagement we have. So now this is going to be a little bit of a working process with them to say, okay, don't necessarily look at these numbers. How do you suggest that we, I don't know, not untrain them, but show them, okay, well, maybe we don't have as much engagement but we are having meaningful interactions. How do you like sort of sell that as opposed to the overall engagement? Does that make sense? It does. So I believe you shift the conversation from quantity to quality. So rather than saying I had 50 engagements this week, I, I have a term called screenshot awesomeness. And what it means is I use Snagit, company, a cool tool by TechSmith, and every time we get a great comment or a conversation on any of our posts, we screenshot it. And when we report, we report a great conversation or a nice comment back. And those things are not only more valuable, they, they give us more insights. So I think rather than saying, hey, I'm gonna get you this much engagement on that post, I'm gonna inspire this many quality conversations. And it has to start that direction to kind of move that you know, change in mindset. Okay, cool, thanks. Yeah, my pleasure. I'm a social media manager in house as a big culture system in the Southeast. And I love what you say because it's really changed. I feel like we also deal with agencies who are, you know, very same. So it was disconnected. It's hard to work with external resources. You have to take a section now with Facebook's algorithm. Right. So for me, I think this is a great one where you want to teach change, not tell them what the change looks like, right? So I, I look at my, my clients from an agency perspective. What brands do they like? What brands do they look up to? What brands do they care about individually? And start looking at those and saying, this is what they're doing. We're going to try that out on our platform. We're going to try to do these things a little bit differently, right? So, like, shift the conversation to where, hey, this is what we're seeing working, not, like, we want you to change, like, Facebook is screwing us up. And, but I also think we have to move away from deliverables from an agency perspective to what are we able to accomplish? What's the why? We're able to now create more word of mouth. We're able to have a better understanding of our community. So it's changing that from, like, hey, this is what we will deliver to we will talk about all of these things and the underlying why. I think that's I think it's all the time I have for questions. I'll, I'll be hang out up front for uh, for questions afterwards. Yeah, I'll just be right on. I'll be right on.